0: And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci Fi for Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program. We are back in the studio up and running after taking yesterday off to uh, do some much needed and often lamented technology updates. Jason Hutt here in the studio, live from the bunker. That is the super secret underground bunker here at world headquarters and um, there is never a good time to do what we had to do well that was that was special all right um use a keyframe frequency of four seconds or less keyframes are not being sent often enough which will cause buffering okay So I get a new error here on the YouTube widget telling me that uh, we may have some buffering. Uh, This is a new warning. So we'll see what happens. Those of you who are watching, if you want to kind of keep an eye on that and see if we actually do any buffering or not, that would be uh, that would be helpful. Uh, Because sometimes I get these warnings. We got we got a number of warnings Monday night during the H2O podcast, and it did not seem like uh, the the public facing stream was affected, even though we were getting a bunch of warnings from YouTube saying, well, there could be buffering, there could be buffering the bit rates wrong and this runs wrong and the audio bit rates wrong. And I'm getting all sorts of error messages from YouTube of late uh, which kind of feeds into the, the, the topic at hand today because stuff and things. So we'll get into that. Uh, the, the live chat widget is open for those of you who are watching live. If you are listening to this uh, as a podcast uh, after the fact or if you're watching uh, the replay uh, don't forget, we do broadcast this show live Monday through Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Newton Central. You can participate in the conversation. There is a live chat option. And uh, if, you're, if you're in playback, you can always leave a comment and share your thoughts as well. So uh, a couple of housekeeping things really quick. Uh, we do have a discount code negotiated over at SuperheroStuff.com if you want to get your swag there, t-shirts and backpacks and socks and, and such. I do consider myself uh, a success in that I have enough socks to last for a week, and I'm happy with that. they're not They're not branded licensed merchandise socks though. they're They're boring white socks. Uh, so just but you can save money with the discount code. Sci-Fi for me 10, you get 10 percent off. All right uh, let's let's start with some viewer feedback. Because there, that is another option. Uh, the email live from the bunker at sci-fi-for-me.com. Uh, in in response to my rant on Wednesday, Wednesday, on on Tuesday, I'm losing track of my days. In response to the uh, rant I had on Tuesday regarding uh, the Powerpuff Girls reboot over at CW, uh, Ricky writes: "Watched your rant about the Powerpuff Girls reboot. Hopefully, this won't make it past the pilot." The CW tried to reboot a Saturday morning show from the 70s titled Electra Woman* and Dinah Girl. From what I understand about the pilot that was shot, the title character was going to be this aging alcoholic who eventually gets her life back together when a young woman enters in her life and becomes the new Dinah Girl. Thankfully, that never made it past the pilot that was shot. Um, technically, uh, you are correct on... Um, most counts. It was not the CW. This was something uh, that happened. There's actually been two attempts to reboot Electra Woman and Dinah Girl. The first one was many, 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 many moons ago, and that's the one that you're talking about, the pilot where Electra Woman is this retired alcoholic uh, played by Marky Post. You may know her from uh, Night Court. Uh, and Marky Post was the new Elector woman, and she was drunk, and, and it, that pilot actually got shot. There was another one that was attempted here not too long ago using YouTubers as the, as the cast. Um, Grace Helbig and Hannah Hart were in that cast. This is from 2016. It was a uh, it was a reboot of the series. This is this was from Legendary Digital. I would say it was a uh, a web series, uh, some, some kind of an online series or whatnot. And it it you know it didn't go very far either. It had one season, and it looks like it's got uh Eight episodes, so it didn't last very long either. And and this goes back to something we talked about uh, a while back regarding reboots and the people that make them. Whether or not uh, the right people, if you claim to be a fan of something and then you sit there and say, "I'm going to remake this something," I'm going to I'm going to be the the new creator of this, the new the new producer of this. And do a reboot, or a remake, or a sequel, or whatnot. It's not enough that you're a fan of the program. It's not enough that you're a fan of the source material. What what has to happen in addition to being a fan? And by that, I mean you have to you have to actually like this thing that you're making, uh, because we're hearing a lot of rumors and rumblings about the people that make some of these things, like Star Wars and Star Trek, uh, Alex Kurtzman over at, at Star Trek, Kathleen Kennedy over at Star Wars, specifically, we're hearing rumors, and again, this is a rumor, that they don't exactly like what they're making. And, of course, J.J. Abrams has come out publicly and said that he was always more of a Star Wars fan than a Star Trek fan when he was making Star Trek. He clearly said... He never liked Star Trek growing up. Well, then why are you giving him the franchise to reboot? And Electro Woman and Dinah Girl is kind of the same kind of thing, where if you're going to make something, it's not enough that you like it. Liking it helps. Liking it is a big piece. But you have to understand it. You have to understand what makes it work. Whether it's Electro Woman, Dinah Girl, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... Uh, Terminator, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, um, Starsky and Hutch, Dukes of hazard doesn't matter. You it, Liking a thing is not enough. You have to understand the thing in order to be able to translate it into this new thing. Now, Battlestar Galactica is one of the few reboots that kind of got that right because they focused on particular pieces of the essence of the show. And they made a completely new thing. Most reboots don't quite hit the mark. Um, So there is, there is that. So that's viewer email. We do appreciate it. Uh, Live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. If you want to send your note, Uh, we did get some, uh, we did get some actual physical mail yesterday. Uh, I opened up the opened up the envelope and got this Superman, Man of Tomorrow, the new DC Universe animated picture. And of course, there's Lobo and there's Parasite on the front. On the back, we've got a very, very. Uh, let's see if the focus will catch that. Um, you can't really see it. It's a very Sam Witwer-ish looking Superman on the back there. Uh, so this is uh, this is the new one that just came out. And we've heard some of the other uh, animated pictures that are coming out. We talked about this on the H2O podcast uh, on Monday, talking about the DC FanDome event. So yesterday, we were off. uh, And the reason for that is because Wednesday here, in terms of the broadcast week, Wednesday is kind of our lightest, uh, our lightest day uh, for the most part, Thursdays off and on depends on on which week we are, because we also have Tartar sauce on Thursday nights in addition to this show. So Wednesday is kind of an easier. Uh, a less a less hectic day for us to do things that we want to do, because I didn't want to do this over the weekend because I knew it was going to be a very frustrating thing and I didn't want to be home. uh stewing about this all weekend because I knew it was going to be a mess. And I told Mrs. Boss, this was going to be a mess. But in response to the technology shaming that I have been getting from Mrs. Boss and Mr. Harvey for, I don't know how long now. I finally uh, went ahead and made the switch on the tower, the, the computer tower. Uh, yesterday. So I knew this was going to create problems and I knew that it was going to be a very frustrating experience for me and I was right because it usually is. But it's one of those things that was that was admittedly long overdue, but one of the reasons why I was hesitant to do it was because of all the problems it creates whenever I change anything. And I spent the better part of yesterday uh, besides putting new tires on Mrs. Bossmobile, I spent the better part of yesterday just fighting to get the sound on this new tower to work because it runs Windows 10 and not Windows 7 and it has a different uh, a different setup and it's still not right but uh, we've got it I've got it to work here at least for this. but the setup, is such that it did not include re, uh, the 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 audio manager software tool that I used for uh, getting all of our audio right, all the microphones and all the all the speakers and the and the headphones and everything else, because it's not just plug a microphone into the into the tower and plug some headphones in. That our setup is is more complicated than that because we have all of our all of our studio microphones go into a mixing board and the mixing board then goes into a line port on the tower. Or it should. Right now it's plugged into a microphone port on the tower because that's the only one that anything that's the only one that stuff sees. So I'm still trying to figure out some stuff. And I know this is a lot of inside baseball, but I, yeah, I some people are are interested in this kind of thing because when you're doing podcasts, when you're doing video, and this is something that I've noticed a lot of a, a lot of places, the quality of the production makes a big difference in how that production is perceived. We want to present as professional a a, a product as possible, and and I do appreciate that you are. Uh, as an audience, you're bombarded with YouTube videos and podcasts and newsletters and uh, you know cat videos on on Facebook and all of these different things. So we need to stand out. We need to be able to look, you know show you something that's worth your time. I saw an, uh, a a panel. Uh, just the other day, from Nerdist. Nerdist has has Deepak. Has Nerdist is owned by Legendary now, and you would think that that would give them the resources to do a quality production. But I'm watching this panel, and the host and the producer of the show, and again. In this day and age of the pandemic, everybody is using Zoom and, and Google Meet and all these different video conference tools, and I get it. You, you, It's not your regular setup. But if you are ever participating in a Zoom call, in a podcast, in a video on YouTube, any kind of live stream or anything at all, I'm going to tell you now, do not ever use the built-in microphone on your laptop because it sounds like crap there are there are plenty of other ways that you can get decent quality sound into your system whether it's a a, a podcast or a video at the very least, those little headphones, those little earbuds that have the inline microphone in them, those are sound better than a laptop mic. Don't use the laptop mic ever because the laptop mic is not directional. It is omnidirectional and it will pick up everything in the room including all of the sound that bounces off the walls in the room. So you have to, you sound like you're in a canyon or a box or a tin can, depending on what kind of room you're in. The sound just goes everywhere. And there's lots of bounce. And that's, that's the official word, the, the technical term. It's called Bounce. And you see a lot of people have, have all of the sound baffles and the foam and the stuff on the walls. The reason for that is to reduce that, to reduce the bounce. And we're pretty well insulated here. Uh, you don't get a whole lot of that. But I'm also one inch from my microphone. So the microphone, and it is an, it is a, a directional microphone. It's called a hypercardioid patter, pattern. So it only picks up the sound right here at the at the front of the microphone. So I'm watching this panel, and and it's nerdist. And I'm thinking they should have better gear than this. You should be able to have you you should have a microphone that you can plug into your laptop, so you can actually sound like you know the professional you are. And I see a thumbnail the other day from Trevor Noah. Is that his name? I don't watch him. I don't know. I I know he's on TV. He's a professional. He gets paid to be on TV. He's a host. So I see this thumbnail, and his hair's all raggedy and shaggy, and he's wearing a hoodie to do a video. And I get the pandemic has has affected a lot of things, but if you're going to be on a stream, especially if that's your professional wheelhouse, you should dress for work. It's a bugaboo of mine. Since I started full-time freelance media production back in, in 2012, one of the things that I kept telling myself is, okay, you cannot get lazy with regard to dressing for work. It's it's, this, it's a mentality thing. It's, a, it's a, a psychological thing. There was a commencement speech one time. A, a, a retired Navy admiral was talking about how making your bed—it was a speech at the University of Texas. He was saying how making your bed is a good start for the day because you have— Something easy that you have accomplished to start your day. So you're starting the day with a success. You're starting the day with a win, and it affects your mindset. And for me, dressing for work has that same kind of thing. If it, you know, I come in here and You know, it's it's just us. I mean, Mrs. Boss is here. It's me. It's the office dogs, the cats wandering around. There are no employees. There are no clients. There are no customers. However, I am doing work. I am at work. And so mentally, in order to stay focused, I dress for work. That means I put on pants. That means I shave. I comb my hair. I have gone and gotten a haircut. I groom myself adequately to be presentable to people. This is not hard. The technology that allows us to stay home and do our work has also enabled us to be lazy. That's not how it's supposed to happen, and it is a big. It, it's a it's a bugaboo of mine. I say bugaboo. It's a complaint. It grinds my gears that that people don't put in the effort. And you see it on a lot of on on, on live streams. You see it on Zoom calls. All of this technology. All of this talk. All of this this stuff that we have that allows us to do this kind of thing we're losing something we're losing our we're losing our focus on interacting interpersonal communications interpersonal communications includes appearance it includes your professional demeanor and i think it's one of the things that has been affected by social media as well because social media has just ground us to the dirt and put us in the gutter in terms of behavior and how we treat other people. And it's all of a piece. You know, we, we lose our... We lose a little piece of our humanity. And in order to keep that as much as possible, you have to do the things that are normal as much as possible and normal means when you go to work you dress for work. It's a it's a little thing, maybe, for some people. But I look at Trevor Noah and Jimmy Fallon and and the nerdist folks and whoever else out there is doing these things from home, Stephen Colbert. Comb your hair. Shave. It's not hard. Make an effort. Because it's also a sign of respect. I'm going to put in the effort to be presentable to my audience. Because my audience could go anywhere they want. The audience for this channel has, you guys, everyone has thousands of choices. There are, there are hundreds of thousands of videos uploaded to YouTube every day there are gobs of channels that cover genre that the people who watch our channel are likely watching all of those channels. There's Twitch channels and there's BitShoot shoot channels and there's, uh, what's the other one? Uh, um, no, that, that one's gone. Um, you know, there's Facebook video and there's Twitter and there's, this new instagram reels i mean there's plenty of of choices and all these cable channels all these streaming services everybody everybody has choices you have way too many choices and sometimes that causes a little bit of paralysis but in order to maintain our audience we have to treat our audience with some degree of respect we have to we have to respect your time and if i just show up unprepared unkempt that's unprofessional and it presents the different image that I don't want to present and it's and it and it boggles my mind that you have people out there they get paid quite a bit of money to host these shows and as they're going through all of this they're getting They're getting lazy to me that says that they're not, they're not taking their audience seriously. We're all play acting. Now it's, now it's Andy Hardy with a laptop in the barn. Why do that? You know, put your pants on, comb your hair just because you're sitting at home in front of a, a a zoom a zoom call on the laptop does not mean that you should take shortcuts in your professional demeanor. And that also that also, and we'll get into this here in a minute, that also goes to how you act. Because if I'm, if I, if I'm in a studio at a TV station as a guest on a show or I'm hosting a show or whatever, there is a certain expectation of how you behave. And in this day and age where everybody's on Zoom calls, things are kind of relaxed a little bit more. People, you know, you know, kids running in the background and the dogs and the cats are climbing all over the desk and the whatnot. And you start talking about your personal stuff in the middle of a work call. You probably shouldn't. And that's going to, that's going to, long term professional etiquette on conference calls on zoom calls and and other kind of things we're going to we're going to shake that out people are going to learn there's going to be a best practices i'm sure if there's not already people are going to determine these are the things you should not do when you're on a zoom call and most of them probably involve kids and cats because the dogs are not going to crawl across your computer. Not many. Speaking of which, one thing that we did have as, uh, as a result of my being able to put all of this together with the new tower, uh, we do have the dog cam up. Office dog there. With his chicken. Completely oblivious and ignoring everything. Um, so there's our... There's our dose of dog there for, for the day. Uh, those of you who are listening to this, you cannot see my dog sleeping on the floor. Uh, you're missing out. It's, I don't know, it, it just, it for whatever reason, it just irked me how much this whole thing has has affected our behavior, our demeanor, our schedules. One of the things that I was running into yesterday with, te- with tech issues, I had, to go get a, I had to go get a new connector for one of the monitors because the video ports, the monitor ports on this new tower are different from what I've used to the other tower. And as a result, I had to go get a connector. Well, my go-to store usually for this is Micro Center. But they're closing early because of the pandemic. So I go to Best Buy. They're closed early because of the pandemic I ended up having to go over to Walmart and I'm thinking to myself it's no wonder that Walmart and Amazon are making a killing because all of these other stores are shutting down early and not not open for business how long is this going to last well till the pandemic's over seriously there are so many things and you know not even to get into the riots and the and the and the Uproar and the insurrection and all that that's going on—that's a whole other topic for a different kind of show on a different kind of channel. But the amount of uh, the amount of disruption in our lives and and the way that technology has helped us both fill in the gaps and disconnect us at the same time is. I don't know. Sociology, sociology studies are going to have a field day with this for a very long time. There's junior office dog coming in next to senior office dog now. When sociologists look back on this, I have to wonder what they're going to think. Fifty years from now, a hundred years from now, they look at what happened here. And I I can't even I can't even begin to imagine what. What that's gonna look like. All right. When we get back, I want to take a real quick break. When we get back, uh, I'm we're gonna get into <sighs> somewhere we're talking about how how being on a Zoom call, you gotta you gotta what mind your p's and q's because Noel Stevenson apparently didn't, and it's a thing. We'll be right back. It's a real pleasure for me as a longtime fan to be sitting here with Aaron Gray, here with Larry Hama, we're talking with Kevin J. Anderson, best-selling author, Mr. Neil Adams, I am here with David Ritt, Axel Alonzo, editor, Fan and at Dallas Comic-Con with uh, John Delancey, Tom King, Kevin Conroy, TV, TV, Comic book Denise Crosby, TopCon Pop we're Expo, McKenna kind of Tally, here on location at Star Wars we're at Celebration, talking our second time with Gil Gerard, Wichita, Kansas, at Time producer Eddie, David Gerald. Now I've got Eric Flint or here at Smallville Comic Wizard World St. Louis in GlitchCon in Bentonville, Arkansas, WorldCon 74. We are talking with uh, Alan Dean Foster. We are talking hard. Quincy Allen. Suzanne Laminar and Sami actually X-Di and Sports. Mano Aaron. This is Sci-Fi for Me, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Alright, so this is an article in Newsweek of all places. It is uh it is one of those things where um I'm not quite sure that this was supposed to be a thing here, but it turned into a thing. Here's a headline: Shira creator Noel Stevenson apologizes for slavery joke during the live stream. Now, first of all, she Noel Stevenson created the reboot. She did not create Shira. Let's let's be clear about that. So apparently, Noel Stevenson, who she of the Tumblr crowd, remember that she apparently was on a a, a live stream talking about. Uh, talking about the show. And at some point, they were talking about one of the characters, uh, uh, Floyd in the chat asking, is Newsweek still in print or just online? I, I, are they still in print? It may just be online anymore. Newsweek.com. Um, they did not pay me for that plug. They should. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know if they're still in print or not. They might be. I, I I need to go to a bookstore to see on the on the magazine shelf see if they're still there. So apparently there's this character in the new She-Ra named Bo. I don't know if he's from the original or not. He's the archer. Uh, he's from okay. He's in the original. Mrs. Boss says. So Bo, the apparently there's an inside joke in, among the writing staff, which is. All women, by the way, so diversity is depending on how you how you define it here. <coughs> but their their live stream, they were talking about something. You know, the inside joke is that Bo has siblings <coughs> uh with names that rhyme with Bo. Whoa and uh oboe and there's even a sketch apparently uh because like whoa like bill and ted whoa and whoa as in dark and gritty whoa but somebody says uh apparently one of these is the farmer that works in the field named so all right i for whatever reason and maybe it's just because i'm an old man this to me one is not funny it's okay yeah i get it so you reap what you sow so the so the field so the you know the farmer sows the seeds and for whatever reason i'm not exactly sure where this comes from well i do as soon as this was said that the one what works in the fields is named So. And I guess because Bo is a person of color, there are people out there who I now we gotta remember, these are the people who love this show. And they stan this show. Is that is that is that what the popular kids are saying now? We stand. For whatever. All right. The blowback on this apparently has been such that Noelle Stevenson has had to apologize and it made Newsweek of all places. Now, normally, this kind of thing, you know, the Geek Squad, the people who are big into this kind of thing, they don't get any attention from the mainstream news outlets. The last time. This kind of thing blew up like this, and I haven't seen that it's blown up yet, but it made Newsweek of all places. But generally, this stuff is relegated to sites like ours and Mary Sue and Nerdist and, and sci-fi and and that kind of thing. You don't have the mainstream outlets covering this kind of stuff. Hollywood Reporter has heat vision. They talk about this collider and and such. Uh, but the last time that I saw mainstream outlets covering controversy in the genre was in 2015, 2016, when the when the puppies campaign happened during the Hugos and the media was in by well, the mainstream media. The 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 normal media as opposed to genre media, they piled on with their smear campaign against people like Larry Korea and, and Brad Torgerson and, and whatnot because you know to attack the hugos is is heresy but now we have this where we have noel stevenson apparently having to to apologize for making this joke which one is not funny and two is only really i guess I guess if you want to see racism in it, you're going to see racism in it. I didn't personally, I don't, I don't think this is anything to make a big deal about. But this is the crowd, folks. This is your cancel cult that, that gets so enamored with, oh, you know, stunning and brave and representation and my diversity and my intersectionality and whatever which is really just a bunch of of glorified tokenism when you really get down to it, my opinion. And the second, the very second, you say or do or think anything that the Tumblr crowd does not like, they attack you. They... I mean, the cancel cult, it's its a circular firing squad. It is one of those things where you are part of the crowd until you're not. And the crowd decides when you're not, based on something you say or something you do. Uh, Floyd in the chat says, all of, of all the negative things one could say about that person and her show, this doesn't seem to be anything to apologize for. Yeah, why is why is OBS Studio say it's disconnected? I'm buffering. Reconnections. Okay. OBS kind of hiccuped there for a second. Technology. This see every now and again I run across something that really makes that isolated cabin in the woods sound really good. But this thing with Noel Stevenson, this is a bunch of this is a bunch of noise about nothing. This is a tempest in a teacup, and for Newsweek to 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 cover this, but it does raise the question, and it kind of goes into something that I've been seeing in other quarters with regard to. The, I don't want to say the wokeness, the you know, but there the the get woke go broke phrase that keeps going around. I think a lot of companies are starting to realize that there might be something to it. Uh, we talk about uh, uh, Jim Lee doing his interview with the Hollywood Reporter's Heat Vision blog here, not too long ago, and we talked about this on H two O when we were talking about the DC stuff, and. Jim Lee uh, essentially says that profit is now back on the table with the discussions with corporate AT&T is looking across the board at everything in their, in their lineup, all of the different subs uh, subsidiaries and and the, and the, and the, and the companies that they own and profitability needs to be a thing now. And, um, what? Disney. Uh, yeah, well, well, get to Disney in a second. Uh, when they say that uh, you know D- DC Comics is cutting twenty to twenty-five percent of their line titles that were either not breaking even or not making money, they were losing money. Now suddenly, that's a thing. Now it's now it's suddenly a focus. It's a reason to make a change, to make a difference, and we're seeing this. Not just at, D- at DC, but a number of places where they're sitting there going, you know, probably not the best course of action to take. When yes, okay, we're gonna we're gonna be uh, we're going to be inclusive. We're gonna have you know diversity as a as a thing, and and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I would I would say that. Hiring on merit is probably a better decision, but, you know, what do I know? But then we get this thing here, this uh, rumor, and again, it's a rumor, uh, from Doomcock, this is reported in Cosmic Book News, that Disney, and I've heard this from a couple of different places here, Doomcock's not the only one uh, reported on this, but it, it started there, and it is... Uh, Again, take it with a grain of salt. There's nothing, there's nothing corroborating this from other sources. And Doomcock even says, this is not a, a for sure done thing. But the word is percolating now that Disney has woken up to the idea that how you treat your customers affects the bottom line. Uh, And and the NBA is about to find out and the and Major League Baseball is about to find out um, because of the stuff that's going on there, all of their shenanigans. Disney is finding out. But at the same time, Disney has very quietly, without any fanfare, removed Zippity-Doo-Dah from the music track that plays in the parks. And they're essentially going to erase Song of the South altogether. Splash Mountain getting a new skin, of course. We all know about that. That's still going to happen. But the the word is, and again, take this for what it's worth, grains of salt at the ready, bags of salt, if you will, that some of these companies are starting to realize that your online behavior affects whether or not people will buy your product. And again, this goes back to social media and everything saying, you know, saying and doing things that turn people off of your product is not the best way to go. It is uh, it is one of those things where uh, people need to realize and companies need to realize that if you are in business to make money, and some people are not, some companies are a loss leader, I get that, but if you're in business to make money, if you are in business to make a profit, you make a widget, and your widget does certain things, and the widget is, you know, something for everybody, maybe, The widget then is something you promote, you advertise, you've decided that it is for a particular demographic, a particular audience. But at the same time, if this widget has broad appeal and you have people that like your widget, but you don't necessarily like what they stand for, it is still a, a customer. It's still somebody who buys your product. Whether you like them or not, whether you agree with them politically or ideologically or philosophically, whether you agree or not is irrelevant. Because money is money and you have bills to pay and you have people to pay. and You have taxes to pay. And money is like the virus. Money doesn't care who has it. Money is money. It's a tool. It spends just the same, no matter who has it, no matter who gives it to you, no matter where you're getting it from. Now, of course, this this assumes that what you're doing is legal, moral, and ethical. That's a, that's a different piece of this. But if you're making a widget... It's like it's like they say over in the, in the in the in the crowd in the comics crowdfunding crowd. You're making hot dogs. You're making a product, and the product needs to appeal. If you're making a niche product, that's one thing. But if you're making a product to appeal to a general audience, to a general demographic, then you do not have the right, and you should not, because it is bad business to actively engage in insulting and demeaning your potential customers. It is harmful to your business to actively engage in negative behavior toward your existing customers especially if they have something to say about your product that they don't like we don't like the color well too bad you can't do that even if you don't have any plans to change the colors well we're sorry you don't like the color it, it, you can't you can't attack your customers. I mean, you can, but you won't stay in business. And a lot of these companies are starting to learn that. Disney's starting to learn it. DC's starting to learn it. Marvel eventually will learn that lesson. Attacking your customers is bad for business. And as trite as it sounds... The whole get woke, go broke thing is a thing. Now, having said all of that, I want to backtrack a little bit on something that Tim Harvey pointed out over on the H2O podcast. In that, we put, as a society, we put way too much emphasis on what Twitter thinks about anything. The Twitter crowd is a very small very loud, angry space where people do not have very many good manners. Twitter is a space where there is very little respect, very little dialogue. There's a lot of shouting back and forth. And as Ari, uh, Ari, Ari, Ari Bress, what was her name? Ari, Ari Bryce, uh, whoever it was, she, she, when she resigned from the New York Times, she's made this point. And a number of people have made this point. There is way too much emphasis on worrying about what Twitter thinks of you. And we all know that most of Twitter, a lot of Twitter now is people who came over from Tumblr. You know, Tumblr shut down the porn, so they all went to Twitter. This crowd should not be in charge of your agenda if you're in if you run a business. Twitter should not be the end all be-all controlling your policies, controlling your actions as it comes to as it pertains to dealing with customers. Twitter should not define your policies for employees. Tim's right. Twitter should not be as important as anything else. Twitter should not be important at all. And I like the fact that he can so casually dismiss Twitter. I, that, that would be great if more people did that, because Twitter does not need to have the, the prominence that it has. Twitter needs to go away. Twitter, you know, nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Twitter needs to to burn. As does Facebook. Most of social media. All of social. I'll I'll go ahead. All of social media needs to burn. This is a thing that technology has given us that does more harm than good. And. For people to put so much time into this and put so much emphasis on how important it is for social media clout, there is uh, there is psychological harm in this. Because not only are you worried about what other people think of you and they're very likely to tell you what they think of you without filters, which, you know, is not a good thing. You are expected to behave a certain way in order to be accepted by the star chamber. And it is very much an animal farm crab bucket. We are not going to let you succeed except to the level that we allow. It is something where you are expected to to say certain things to behave certain ways that that video that's running around now about some of the some of the the, the protesters swarming this this lady at a at a diner uh, some outside sidewalk diner and they're all standing around with their fists raised and they're trying to force her to to make this whatever this salute is that's twitter That's Facebook. That's all of social media. You know, join the crowd. Be one of us. Be part of us. Align with us. Show us your loyalty. The only thing really missing are the brown shirts. Folks, this kind of madness needs to stop. Everybody needs to take a step back. Take a week off of social media i would get rid of all of these accounts if i could we have to have them for the marketing you know to to put the word out that our that our stuff is out there that our shows are out there because we don't have any money to advertise this is pretty much the only way that we can tell people about who we are and what we do it's a necessary evil but it is evil And I will say this till till I'm dead. And I may put it in my will to make sure that it continues to be said after I'm dead. Social media is evil. It is pernicious. It is insidious. It affects our behavior. It affects our mental health. It affects our emotional health. It affects relationships. It affects business practices. All to the negative. It is a net loss of manners and respect and credibility and professionalism. And it is well past time that people recognize that social media is more harmful and more damaging than it is productive. And I get there are some good aspects of it, Sure. It's a it's a communications tool when it's used right. It is a way to let people know about something that's happening if the media is not going to cover it, like the like the damage done in Iowa. And there are some people that are using it to to get video out from these riots because some stuff is not getting reported by the media. I get it. You, there, it's a tool. But not every tool in the toolbox is a hammer and not every problem is a nail. And people take to social media like everything is a nail that needs to get pounded down. And if you don't toe the line and if you don't say the right newspeak, you're going to get pounded by the cancel cult. And the cancel cult is here because technology has brought them out to the forefront. Social media has made people a little crazy in their bones. And it is probably not going to stop. And I'm probably not going to stop complaining about it. And it's probably never going to get better. So we have to make the most of it. I guess. In the meantime... We will use it to the best of our ability and we will do it in a way that respects our audience and we will do it in a way that communicates to our audience without talking down to them. Because, you know, why else, why else are we here? You know, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to continue producing our programs if they're going to live in a vacuum. You know, you're, it's a transactional thing here. Our audience is very much an important part of this because if we don't have any audience, then, then we don't have any reason to do this. We do this so you have something that you can enjoy, uh, that it might make you think, it might start a conversation. But we want to do it in a way that is worth your time. Because, as I've said before, ultimately, at the end of the day, you, as the customer, have control over who succeeds and who does not succeed. And that's true whether it's Disney making billions or losing billions, or if it's some little podunk YouTube channel that doesn't even have 1,500 subscribers yet. You, as the customer, have the control. You control what videos trend, what, what media succeeds, what companies succeed, what politicians succeed. You have the control with your dollars and with your clicks and with your votes. You have the, one, uh, the ultimate power here. And that's something that I don't think a whole lot of people realize. You're the ones that control all of this. You're the ones in charge. We do these shows, and if nobody watches these shows, we change and we don't do those shows anymore. We respond to what you tell us. And you tell us by watching our shows, by sharing the links, by giving us feedback, participating in live chats, leaving comments, sending us emails. And we read every, every comment. We read every email. We pay attention to the chat and in all of our live shows. And we respond to the best of our ability according to the, the needs of that communication. You make recommendations of people who, who should be guests on this show. And, and we've responded to that. And we're, and we're talking to people. We're sending out invites. We want to be here to, to deliver something that you find of value because we respect our audience. We're not going to tell you that you're bad person with wrong think because of fill in the blank. Check the box. We're not going to insult anyone here. We're not going to inflame emotions Not on purpose anyway. You know, we're not going to actively work to offend people. We're not going to tell you that you're dumb for disagreeing with us or you're stupid because you believe a certain thing. We're not going to call you names. And I'm going to dress for work when it comes to work. So when I come to work and I get out in front of my audience here, you will know that I respect your time. All right. So that's our time today, campers. Don't forget, you can get a discount over at superhero stuff.com when you use the promo code sci-fi for me 10 at checkout it will work in combination with certain other offers not every offer but sometimes they have sales that you can still apply a discount code and uh, if you are so inclined as far as supporting us financially we do have an account set up at subscribestar.com you can also use the paypal link And we do ask that you sign up for the newsletter because uh, sometimes... We put things in the newsletter and uh, and we'll try to let people know what's going on ahead of time. We'll we'll talk about uh, you know upcoming topics and stuff that's coming up on, on the show, and we'll have links back to uh, to the .com uh, sci-fi for me .com is where you will find uh, news articles and reviews. We're we're working to get some more reviews out this week. And, of course, that's where you're going to find the convention list that is the largest, most comprehensive, most up-to-date convention list anywhere on the planet. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Anywhere on the planet. Mrs. Boss does a very fine job of maintaining that list, uh, including the calendar that's embedded on that page, we have uh, conventions. We have uh, tw- uh, where Where are we at here? Two thousand one hundred and eight, I think, is the is the number that I saw there on uh, how many events that we have on that master list. Two thousand one hundred and eight. Uh, and if your event is not on there, then it should be. Do you hear this noise that this tower is making now? You hear that? Brand new. This is we've had this what, a month? Month and a half? What was that? I think it was a fan. If you'd like a sticker or if you've got something you want to send us for a review, we do have a mailing address for physical mail. 1503 Main Street, number three hundred five, Grandview, Missouri, six four zero three zero. And uh, that is an off-site address, so no pranks because that's that doesn't come to the house. It doesn't come to the office. Just, you know, we have to layer these things now because of stuff and things. All right, that's going to do it for us uh, today. On Monday, we will have Clint Stoker as our guest. He's just launched his third crowdfunding comic book. It's called Fatal. F-A-T-L, it's an acronym. We're going to talk to him about that. We're going to talk about the indie comics scene. And um, the rest of the week is still kind of up in the air. We've got a couple of them that are, that are brewing. Uh, I think we're going to talk to uh, uh, Mercedes Lackey here at some point. We're trying to pin down a time to record an interview with her. And uh, we're also going to be talking to Stephen Campbell, who is the author of Bulletproof. It's a new book that's out. So we'll be talking to that. So, uh, so anyway, there you are, uh, Floyd says he can't hear anything now um <clears throat> I don't know why you wouldn't because we haven't changed anything here. let me look. Nope, I've got sound here. We will do some diagnostics here, Floyd, and and see. But uh, anyway, there we are. Thanks very much for joining us, folks. We will be back on Monday. Have a good week. Don't forget uh, the ranker Pit, Friday night. Good morning, Multiverse, Saturday morning. and We're back here Monday at noon. Central for another live from the bunker. This has been a presentation of Sci Fi for Me Radio, copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.